Grace Leung, City Manager of Newport Beach. Welcome to Deep Dive, a podcast that explores community issues impacting residents and businesses and how the city is responding. Today's episode takes a look at homelessness in Newport Beach. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Bill Lobdell. A Newport Beach resident recently posted this on the Nextdoor social media app. Drove by the bus station on Avocado yesterday and did not understand why do not trespass signs are posted, yet seem to be completely ignored by the many people that are camping all over the property. Newport Beach cannot allow this to happen. That sentiment generated more than 250 comments ranging in tone from compassionate to flat-out fed up. One neighbor posted, Where do you expect them to go? They are humans. Each one of them has a mother, just like the rest of us. Another responded, Either we have no camping laws or we don't. I certainly don't get to pick and choose which laws to obey. Homelessness in Newport Beach It's arguably the city's most visible, complex, and debated issue. Using the eye test, the city's homeless problem looks sizable, especially if you're walking by the Newport Pier, Balboa Pier, or the Newport Transportation Center. And that was the property cited in the next door post. But the actual population of homeless people in Newport Beach at any one time might surprise you. There are somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 to 90 people without shelter in the city. The number fluctuates depending on several factors, such as the weather, the time of year, and the economy. To put those figures into perspective, Santa Barbara, an affluent coastal city with about the same population as Newport, has about 800 homeless people, according to a recent survey. Closer to home, Laguna Beach, with a population about a third the size of Newport Beach, has about 30 people experiencing homelessness at any one time. But whatever the numbers, homelessness can be difficult for all involved. Obviously, living on the streets or in a car has many challenges and can exacerbate problems such as mental illness, drug abuse, family estrangements, or simply the ability to get basic help. For residents and businesses, homeless people can create an intimidating dynamic, especially those suffering from mental illness or drug abuse. There are also unsightly tents and camps, bags and shopping carts full of possessions, trash, and more. In short, a homeless population of any size adversely affects the quality of life in Newport Beach. When talking about solutions to the homeless problem in Newport Beach, the first question residents usually ask is, why doesn't the city simply enforce its anti-camping laws? The answer to that question is easy, unlike almost any other facet of this issue of homelessness. When it comes to those who don't have shelter, the enforcement of the city's anti-camping ordinances is illegal, except if the city can provide a bed for the homeless person. And this is thanks to a 2018 appellate court decision 
in a landmark case called Martin versus Boise, Idaho. Natalie Basmagian, homeless coordinator for the city of Newport Beach, explains. The city of Boise was trying to enforce their anti-camping laws, and it was a class action lawsuit of people who were experiencing homelessness and getting arrested and rearrested. And they said that they didn't have an option, an alternative place to sleep. That court case then sided with the plaintiffs. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the ruling. The Martin ruling states that you must have an alternative place for someone to sleep, such as a shelter, if you are going to enforce your anti-camping laws. Since the U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear the appeal of Martin versus Boise, the case has become settled law. Cities are no longer able to enforce anti-camping laws without a shelter alternative. To be clear, cities can and do enforce other laws that often accompany homelessness, such as drug possession and public urination. But Martin versus Boise mandated that cities go much further to address homelessness. In response, the city of Newport Beach has developed a multi-pronged, long-term strategy to get those who are homeless off the street and into housing. And the city does this with a variety of governmental and nonprofit partners. Here's Natalie again. We have quite a comprehensive program, uh, everything from having the designated homeless liaison police officer to the collaborations with other cities. And also the aftercare when somebody is housed is very important to our team. We collaborate with outside agencies to make sure people keep their voucher status current and receive in-home ongoing care if that's required. It may be somebody who is elderly and needs connection to Meals on Wheels. It could be somebody disabled that needs to make sure they can keep their medical appointments. We have a robust team behind the scenes that is addressing this issue at all of its stages. For Natalie, whose hometown is Newport Beach, this isn't just a job. I grew up in this city. I went to Corona Del Mar High School, and I love having the resources to be able to address this very complex issue to make a better life for that person and for our community, our business owners. It's very rewarding to know that we have so many options in terms of shelter and mental health resources and community partners and nonprofits. Our faith leaders are involved. We have really created a community effort to end homelessness and make a safer, better community for everybody. The city has developed a deep roster of partners to deal with basically every facet of homelessness. There are other government agencies, nonprofits, and faith groups, to name a few. In Orange County, and this is a fairly new development, those involved in trying to solve the homeless problem meet every other month to compare notes, to make sure they're not duplicating their efforts, or that no one falls through the cracks. It's a remarkable level of cooperation from entities that often, in the past, were known for their territorial nature. In finding solutions to the homeless problem, Orange County has one of the most collaborative efforts in the country. One of the city's most important partners is Be Well OC, which provides help for those suffering from such conditions as mental illness and substance abuse. 
So my name is Alyssa Guerrero. I am the manager for the BeWell OC Newport Beach Mobile Crisis Team. BeWell OC brings together mental health care services in a more integrated form. BeWell has realized that there's a fragmented system out there for anyone to get any type of mental health care and that there's a lot of gaps and barriers to the system that currently exists. So BeWell has identified some of these problems and are trying and working on a solution to bring everyone together for a more unified system. Some of the programs are temporary services where someone can go and stay for a few hours to a couple days, and then they have more long-term services where people can stay for weeks on to a couple of months. Our team is available seven days a week from the hours of 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. The calls that we respond to normally come from the Newport Beach Police Department dispatch. That is the best way of contacting the team if anyone that you know is in need of any type of assistance. So when the team is not responding to 911 dispatch calls, the team will be proactive out in the community, going out and checking in on people, doing welfare checks, following up with individuals to see if maybe this is the day that they're willing to make a change or accept some type of service and help. So we will do our best to help anybody find services that they are looking for, whether that's finding shelter, food assistance from a food pantry, clothing, personal hygiene items, getting people connected to any of the resources that they may have been struggling to get connected to. Another key player in Newport Beach's effort to find shelter for the homeless while protecting residents and businesses is Cynthia Carter, a sworn Newport Beach police officer who oversees the department's efforts to combat homelessness. Officer Carter describes her mindset when dealing with the homeless in Newport Beach. I'm able to kind of come to terms with the fact that they're mentally ill. Maybe they've made some life choices that haven't really set them up for success. And now it's become kind of a societal issue or things that we're, we're trying to help. I kind of look at everybody as like, that could be my mom, it could be my dad, it could be my sister, it could be my brother, it could be a friend of mine. And at the end of the day, it's somebody's mom, it's somebody's sister, it's somebody's brother. How I look at it is I feel like I have to treat everybody like they're an individual. And at the end of the day, like, I would hope somebody would do the same for my family if I wasn't around. She spends the majority of her time on the front lines, often on the peninsula, trying to forge trusting relationships with those experiencing homelessness. Officer Carter knows most of the names and circumstances of each person who's without shelter in the city. Honestly, one of the biggest challenges that I face as um, a homeless liaison officer would be that rapport building. Most homeless individuals that have been homeless for a while kind of feel let down by the system. So that rapport building is, is really, really difficult. So it starts with showing that compassion and that you care and that you listen. No matter how nutty their story may sound, that you kind of can get to their level and understand, you know, the struggles that they have and be a constant face that they can recognize. That consistency is so important. So I've been in this role for two and a half years. And a lot of our, our individuals know me my name. They yell, Carter, like when I show up in some place, we joke and say it's kind of like a swarm when people start coming up to talk to me. If I make a promise to somebody that I'm going to be there um, on a particular day, I'm going to be there. Or if I say that I'm going to take them to the DMV, I'm going to take them to the DMV, right? Sometimes they just need that little bit of hand-holding. They want to do right by the city and by the people that work here. 
For Officer Carter and Natalie, a duel who head up the city's homeless program, they often play the long game, especially when dealing with those who have been on the streets for years. Here's Natalie. To gain trust and just learn somebody's name and basic circumstances could take eight to 10 interactions. To get somebody from the street to housing may take three to five years to build trust, to get that person through all of the requirements and milestones and barriers to service. That is about average for the longer term people. People may be distrustful because they've been promised housing or services in the past. Maybe a prior case manager resigned with no notice and didn't pass on their case to somebody else. They may have been in a shelter and had a bad experience and they don't want to try that again. Uh, They may also be distrustful because they don't want to disclose all of their personal information to somebody they just met. And that goes back to gaining somebody's trust, coming through. If you say you're going to go get somebody a bottle of water and fill out their application, you better do that. And our team is very skilled at doing that. A major priority in Newport Beach's approach to the homeless issue is helping people who are new to living on the streets or in their cars before they get used to the lifestyle. We don't want people to live on the streets as a way of life. It's very dangerous. Uh, They're very vulnerable for many reasons, for the elements, assault, robbery, and that puts a big strain on our first responders. Our police and fire department personnel have to respond to those calls. If somebody is sheltered or housed, the calls for services goes down, the cost of all of those services goes down, and people are living a generally healthier lifestyle. They can have perishable food. If you're living on the streets and you're eating out of a can every day, you're probably not going to have the mental faculties to talk to our team, to make good decisions if every day is a struggle to meet your basic needs. If somebody has experienced homelessness for a much shorter amount of time, they have more options to get housed. They may still have their photo identification. They may have some income because they haven't spent it all on motels and short-term living. So that's where building that trust as quickly as possible will limit how long that person is experiencing homelessness. So if somebody gets into a habit of living on the streets, they don't think there's another option to exist, to live. Officer Carter explains the need for urgency when dealing with the recently homeless. So when I contact somebody who is newly homeless, and we say newly homeless, we're talking it could be a day, could be a couple weeks, could be a month. And so they have not really had that lifestyle or that chronic homelessness status yet. And it's about a six-month period that that's the rush. So from the day that they become homeless to about six months, the higher likelihood that they will not be um, homeless again in their lifetime or chronically homeless. So there is a big rush to either get them into shelter, find out what they need, whether it's a sober living, detox, that sort of thing, reunification with family. That's crazy how helpful that is. And generally speaking, when I obtain the stories from the homeless individuals that it's a death in a family, a mental, mental illness diagnosis, a loss of a job, then it's like this spiral that kind of happens. They maybe look to drugs to, to cope, which then <laughs> creates a, a continual spiral. While much of Newport's emphasis is getting people shelter, another important factor 
is establishing a dialogue with residents and businesses. Officer Carter. So kind of talk about, you know, the different levels and really kind of bring it back down to like the humanity of it, right? And also understanding and um, empathetic to the fact that it is a problem and, and it is unsightly. They can be very disruptive. They can be pretty disgusting too. So I, I can sympathize with the fact that it's not great and we definitely don't want those kind of things. Officer Carter encourages residents and business owners who have concerns or questions about the homeless in the city to call the police department's non-emergency line to talk with her. There's a process, a method to the madness. And I think that when I'm having those conversations and I'm able to share some success stories, and I think that that's important. So they're like, okay, there's potentially an end in sight. And then it's, it's also that reminding, hey, do you remember that so-and-so that was at, like that individual's at the park and was there for so long? Well, he's housed, right? It may have taken two years, but we got there. I always talk about like the humane side of it. We can't just kick somebody out of the city because we don't like them, right? Or it's unsightly. And there's, there's definitely a, a, a humane side and a, um, a way to work on the problem for a long-term solution. Pushing the, the problem to the next city over, pushing the problem to the next street over, isn't solving the problem. There's never a quick fix. We're definitely happy to go out there and contact the individual, take enforcement action where needed or where applicable. And if there is shelter space or another viable solution that they're willing to do, then we're, we're all about it. That's what we want to do, that long-term solution. Part of that big picture approach involves the city's public works department, which runs what's called the Community Impact Team with the help of a nonprofit agency called Trellis International. Natalie explains. People who are experiencing homelessness or maybe newly housed out of homelessness volunteer their time on work projects throughout the city, and they earn gift cards for their efforts. We've had several people go from this voluntary team to full-time employment based on their reliability and uh, skill set that they bring to the job. Residents who feel compassion for the homeless and offer them meals, clothing, or tents are unknowingly working at cross-purposes with the city's effort, especially with more available housing options today, including the Costa Mesa Bridge Center, which is a 70-bed interim shelter near John Wayne Airport with on-site social services. Newport Beach, which partnered with Costa Mesa on the project that opened in 2021, has 20 beds there. Natalie Basmagian. These well-meaning gestures do not help our overall strategy and focus to assist people to end their homelessness. What your donations do is actually prevent somebody from accepting our services and resources because they think they have everything they need. If they have a tent that was donated, they think they have shelter. If they receive restaurant food from our lovely restaurateurs, they don't think they need to sit down and fill out an application with us because now they're fed. For those who want to help the homeless in Newport Beach, the city has a program for you. If you are of the mindset that you want to help and you want to donate, you may give to Good Giving or you may give to your favorite local charity uh, or nonprofit that is doing this work to help end homelessness. Our Good Giving program allows our homeless liaison officer and me to set people up for success once they are housed or they are bridged, ready to go into a residential treatment program. 
We have purchased bicycles so people can get to their new places of employment. We've purchased basic household items for people that are moving into transitional housing, such as blankets and can openers. Uh, those small items and small gestures may be the difference for somebody who had a way of life on the streets and now they're in their new apartment or shared living situation. It's through those generous donations to the Good Giving program that can make the difference and get somebody into a better situation. Uh, it could be giving somebody a, a new set of clothing while they fly home to reunify with their family. It could be helping make a minor repair on a vehicle so the person can travel out of Newport Beach to get home. So we use that money quite judiciously, and the people that receive those gifts and gestures have done a lot of hard work to get to a better situation. These are not handouts. Natalie answers another common question from those who don't have day-to-day -day contact with people experiencing homelessness. Do some people just prefer living on the streets? That is a very rare occurrence. Uh, we have heard that from time to time. In some cases, it may be somebody who doesn't realize they're now eligible for some social security income, which could bridge them into housing. It could be somebody who has existed in this way of life for so long, 20, 30 years, that they can't think bigger picture to have a better option. The other barrier may be the type of housing available. If it's only a shared apartment with three strangers, that may not be suitable for everybody. It could be somebody who is disabled and the next housing opportunity is on a second floor with only stairway access. The job of trying to find shelter and all that goes with it for someone experiencing homelessness can be an arduous and often frustrating journey for all involved. But then there's move-in day when someone finally gets a roof over their head. Natalie describes the feeling she and her colleagues get as they watch someone they helped for days, weeks, months, even years, move into their new home. For us, it is a day to celebrate. It's all of that hard work, all of those appointments coming into play. And you know that person is now in a safe place. That is their place. They are paying part of their rent every month and they will get ongoing services to ensure their success. We do our best to take photos, celebrate all of these successes in our city manager's newsletter, The Week in Review. We try to put out success stories on our website so the public can understand how much work went into getting that person housed and how rewarding it is. And it should be a win for our community that we have the resources, we have the staff and the contract services to take that person through this process. We do it with compassion and care and individualized service to make it a successful process. Let's let Natalie end this deep dive with some final thoughts. I can assure the residents that we have a robust, comprehensive strategy in place and also a very motivated, collaborative team working through these issues, both for the individual experiencing homelessness and to ensure good quality of life for our residents, visitors, and business owners. I'll leave with one success story that kind of ties all of these pieces together. We had a young woman who was living in her vehicle for several years here in the city of Newport Beach. 
She finally reached out to our CityNet team because she realized that was not a sustainable way of life. She was in her mid-20s. She agreed to enter the Costa Mesa Bridge Shelter. She was one of the first female guests we enrolled at the shelter. She was estranged from her mother and six-year-old child. She finally decided to work with our community impact team to get some job skills, reconnect with a team environment, and ultimately earned enough gift cards to reach out to her family and buy her six-year-old a birthday gift. That gesture of having the dignity of the gift card and buying the gift opened the door to her to reunify with her family. She left the shelter after several months, moved back home to Los Angeles County, and is living with her mother and child. Thanks for listening to this episode on homelessness in Newport Beach. If you want to learn more, please go to the city's website and type homeless in the search bar. You can also call our Homeless Services Coordinator at 949-718-1991. We'll take another deep dive with you soon. Stay tuned.